Welcome to the first official episode of the Around the Block podcast. I'm Adam Turkton. And I'm Drew Winkler. And we are a sports show. We we really like basketball, football, baseball. We talk about most sports. We're definitely not as big hockey fans, but, you know, we'll talk about them occasionally. But, you know, we're really a current events news show. We'll talk about what's going on in the world of sports. And today we have the draft show. So let's get right into it. Drew, how did you think of the NBA draft? I really thought the first and second rounds of the draft were great. Like, it was great to see a lot of teams get players that fit their needs, and some fit better than others, but it was overall great to see some of these players get drafted. Agree. Okay, so let's take a look at, let's say, maybe the lottery plus plus the 15th pick. Oh, so to go into a little bit of our background, I'm a Boston sports fan, all sports, and Drew, he does, like, the Giants for football and the Rangers for hockey a little bit. Bruins maybe what like what, where are you on that? What do you what do you think? I mean, I'm not too big of a hockey fan, I'll be honest. I was a Bruins bandwagon last year in the playoffs, but yeah, I'm not certainly not a real fan. Uh, that's fair. So, you know, point being, we have some disagreements. We're not all just like, oh, let's go Boston sports. We like the Celtics and we like the Red Sox, both of us, but it's definitely uh, there's some unbiased clashes that go to each other, and but you know Drew he also likes the Magic, so we'll, we might go over pick fifteen, Cole Anthony mm-hmm. too. So let's but let's start off with pick number one. The Timberwolves draft Anthony Edwards. What do we think? I mean, I thought it was a good pick. I don't know how well he's gonna fit, but like every one pick, with the exception of Anthony Bennett, is very talented, and they'll probably fit their role. Like. Zion Williamson, he was a pretty good fit, and he's, I'd say he's played well so far. But, like, again, Carl Anthony Towns, great fit, too. He's been a good talent, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if the fit is really good, because it's just, like, it's D'Lo who can't defend anything, and Anthony Edwards who's shown defensive lack, and then obviously we know Cat can't defend anything. So I mean, like if they want to do anything, they definitely need to put some wing defenders. Um, you know, we saw uh, Anthony Edwards on Twitter. He was saying that he like didn't have true passion for the game of basketball. It kind of looks like he was trying to uh, he was trying to drop his stock a little, maybe get drafted two or three. Yeah, for sure. Um, next we'll talk about James Wiseman going to the Warriors. Thoughts? Uh, so James Wiseman, I would say, I mean, if the Warriors can't deal him, it's like, I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I think big man is a replaceable position, but I mean, obviously James Wiseman, he has the potential and like, he can clearly, he can develop a shot. Realistically, everyone keeps saying, oh, if he can develop a shot, he'll be great. And, you know, if anyone could develop a a sniper shot, they would be great. But really, like, I think the Warriors are just, like, banking with no clay this year. It might look like they're not going to be competing, competing. So I think this is actually what looked like might have been a pressure situation, might actually be a good situation, like a blessing in disguise. Obviously, we we didn't want clay to get injured. That's super unfortunate. But, like, uh James Wiseman, there's not as much pressure to perform this year. And then maybe next year he can improve, and then they can try and run it back with Steph Clay and the gang. And again, we'll talk about the uh, Clay Thompson injury later in the show, but we touched briefly on that there, obviously. Um, next, we have LaMelo Ball going to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, what are your thoughts on that pick? Uh, you know, LaMelo, we have everyone's joking, LaVar versus MJ. If you want, obviously, but I think honestly, uh, this is a. I think it's a good pick. I think Lamelo. People are saying he could be the best player in the draft, realistically, because you know he has this vision. He has. He's a six-seven point guard. He's he's great. He's honestly. Uh, I also think that it looks like Terry Rozier is probably going to be the odd man out. I think you know maybe Lamelo at the one and uh, Devontae Graham at the two. And, you know, we look at just, like, three-guard lineups don't work. Like, let's be honest. Like, we're not – I'm not running with <laughs> Devontae Graham at the three. People are, like, reference the Thunder talking about three-guard lineups. But even then, like, 
it, it wasn't even really a three-guard lineup because, like, you know, Shea is kind of just, like, this pure scorer, and CP3 is, is, like, this playmaker. So, like, none of them, like, CP3 doesn't need the ball, and Shea doesn't need the ball. But, like, in this case, I feel like all three of them need the ball to be good. So I think they're, they're going to have to trade Terry Rozier. What, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm just fascinated with how this is going to impact Devontae Graham. Like, he's already blossomed as, like, a young star and this probably will help him out with him working with ball but it'll definitely be interesting to see the chemistry that results out of this pick yeah i think uh i don't know i think lamello will benefit having you know it's like miles bridges as a role man uh pj washington there too but it looks like they're gonna consistently have that uh inconsistency at center you know they uh they definitely need to get like at least an average center because Cody Zeller there does not do it and you know if you're gonna have that like three guard lineup which I feel like I don't know I I have a feeling that the Hornets might not have the balls to get rid of Terry Rozier like they just like don't want to make moves don't want to make anything good for their franchise of course but they if they do that they're gonna need someone to protect the rim and like it's gonna be difficult with Cody Zeller there uh, moving on, we have Patrick Williams at four going to the Bulls. Obviously, people are saying a little bit of a jump, and I honestly, I think I think Patrick Williams is a great player. I think he's really good. He's like a defensive stud. People are saying, oh, he averaged nine points per game. He came off the bench. Like, there's all that. But honestly, I think it's a great pick for the air for the Bulls specifically too. They need this wing position, and the issue is. It would be a great pick at 6, 7, or 8, obviously, we all say. And looking after, you see, I think it's it's like Carney Shovas is his name, is his name, like the GM there or whatever. He was on the phones looking for people down the lottery, but the Pistons aren't willing to give their stuff up, you know, despite their, like, smoke screen. They were kind of, oh, we're drafting this guy, guy this guy, and it looked like they got who they wanted all along. Uh, you know, the Knicks weren't trading, and honestly – it looked like it wasn't going to be much. He wasn't going to go much deeper than that. The Knicks said that they had extreme interest in Patrick Williams, and honestly, like I think if you can't, if you fall in love with the guy and you can't go down, like I think they're going to pick him because like they're not going to just going to pick the popular pick. That doesn't make sense. I I agree with you. I I'm fascinated to see how this will impact Laurie Markkinen and Zach Levine, assuming they stick around. And I'm predicting that the Bulls will get in at that 10 spot and be in that uh, play-in game, which is the new format for the NBA this year. So, But it'll yeah. definitely be interesting to see how their season and playoffs play out, especially in this 2020 season. Yeah, but, like, you also look, like, who, who do you want them to pick? You Obviously, Denny was in the area of there, but, I mean, clearly a lot of other people didn't want the, him, you know. And you, couldn't, you could say that it's not that they didn't want him, but they were kind of stuck on their guy. And I guess uh, same with Obi Toppin, I guess, too. Kind of like, you know, like, no one kind of thought, well, no, I guess people could think that he would fall. But, like, uh, the Pistons weren't going to be like, oh, Obi Toppin's on the board, we want him now. You know, so they, uh, my point is, like, who else are they going to pick? Obviously, I just said Denny was there. But, like, they're not going to pick Killian Hayes. Like, they don't need a guard they just got Kobe White Onyeka is like a weird pick they're not like they have Lori and Wendell like it doesn't make sense honestly like if they couldn't trade down it's like I can see how you can pick someone like that and clearly until he plays I don't think you can say like oh he's bad because like people are comparing him to Kawhi and that's like that's a good phrase um moving on to Isaac Okoro he went to Cleveland what are your thoughts on that pick? Uh, Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. You know, I think I think he's a good player, but in my opinion, he has biggest bust potential. And that's not like that. I'm not saying that as a major knock, but just like comparative to other people, I feel like his hole in his game is shooting, obviously. And I think in today's NBA, it's like impossible to have shooting as your weakness. Also, like, he was a great defender, obviously, in college. One of the best, if not the best. And, I mean, these NBA players were obviously just 
very difficult to guard, and they'll probably be putting him on some of the better players, young or old. But, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see how his defense and his defensive strategy plays out in the NBA, where just the talent is so much greater. Yeah, but, like, I, I just feel like... Are, how many, like, Tony Allens are there anymore? Marcus Mark can shoot the three ball. Uh, Pat Bev is, like, a corner specialist now. Like, how many people are, like, just straight defense and obviously like he could rim around a little bit but i feel like just today like a jump shot's needed yeah i feel like just my opinion there's bus potential agreed next we're we're sad about this pick as celtic sands we wanted him to come to boston but onyeka okungwu he went to atlanta i mean we're obviously very sad but we'll definitely analyze this pick without any bias yeah uh onyeka that's that's kind of sad i wish he uh I wish the Danny had the had the guts to trade up, but realistically, if we're not getting Onyeka, I didn't want another big man, and we'll get to that later with the Adam Celtics rant. <laughs> but honestly, I think I think it's an interesting pick. I mean, they have Capella, obviously, and it's uh, I don't know. What do you think about the fit? I all, not only Capella, but they also have John Collins, an emerging yeah. young star. So I yeah. I'm questioning their thinking there for sure of course um i mean who are you looking at you're right like who are you looking at replacing in that starting lineup i mean unless you're gonna unless you're thinking of having like this giant like rim protecting wall behind like and then you have just like trey young so you can like hide but honestly it like i don't think you can start one of those three considering that like with trey i feel like you need uh an athletic two, three, and four. Like, I think if if Trey had, like, uh, Trey had, like, Drew Holiday at two, like, this, like, big two, and maybe, like, like Tatum at four. Like, these guys that are, like, like, a four that's, like, not too big. So he can guard guards, and maybe a two that's big that he's not, like, just guarding point guards. Like, you need versatile wings next to Trey. Yeah, good point. Um, next up we have Killian Hayes. He's going to the Detroit Pistons. Um, the point guard from France. What is your thoughts on that? Um, I think Killian Hayes. There was all I uh, like. I think the Pistons got their guy. I think they wanted him for a while, and I think I don't know how much to think about it. I mean, I think Killian Hayes is solid. I just I think that team's still gonna have trouble getting to that playoff ten mark. Uh, to compete for a playoff spot, but I mean, it, it could be more of a long-term than short-term decision, as most of these draft picks are. Literally. I mean, I think, I don't know how you get Blake out of there before the end of the, his deal. I, like, they're, I mean, Luke Pinard is gone. Who'd they get in that? I forget. Um, I'm struggling. They got... It doesn't matter. They got but... Landry Shamit. Oh, okay. Um, uh, oh no, he yeah. went to Brooklyn. Yeah, that was a three-team deal. I yeah, sure. I don't know. They might have just got picks, but the point is, like, I don't think they, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's like direction yet. I think this is the first direction. Yeah, I think they like finally get back on track with like picking Killing Hayes. Obviously, it was disappointing the lottery, but like, you, I think this is a W for them. Yep. Next up, we have the Dayton sensational player, Obi Toppin. The, he's from Brooklyn, so this he was obviously very emotional on draft night going to play in Manhattan at Madison Square Garden for at least the beginning of his career. But definitely a good move here from the Knicks, I think. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, I think he fell into their lap. I don't know if they expected that to happen. I mean, there were, I mean, you could call it a, a jump on Patrick Williams, I guess, as the reason, because maybe five, six, and seven with the Cavs picking a Coro, Hawks picking a Kongwu, and Pistons picking Killian Hayes. You, could, I feel like you could kind of say those were locks more or less. So, like, if he wasn't going like four or five, uh, well, I guess Okoro wasn't a lock, but if he wasn't going five, I definitely see how he goes eight, and it's just like. I think he's he's really good. I think he's old. He's like twenty two. He so 
I mean, how much more is he going to improve? He did a through-the-legs dunk in a game, though, so he's good. Yep. Uh, I, I can do the next one. So we have Wizards and nine. So they drafted Danny Udia. Uh, once again, another player who kind of fell into their lap, and it was kind of it was too late in the draft not to pick him. Yeah, um, if he doesn't get a sponsorship from Denny's, then how is the Wizards going to gain new popularity? No. You're cringe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, uh, Denny, I, I think, you know, he's representing Israel. He's getting it done. Uh, he's with the Wizards. I think, uh, you know, they have John Wall. They have Brad Beal. Like, uh, it's definitely, I think it fits. It definitely fits. It, uh, you know... Thomas Bryant's improving. I think they have kind of the core to try for this season to see how they do. Because obviously, after this season, you know, they might, if it doesn't go well, they might think of like trading Bradley Beal and trading John Wall. I know there was some uh, John Wall, Russell Westbrook buzz, but uh, that's beside the point, I guess. Uh, Next. At 10, the Suns drafted Jalen Smith. Again, a little high. What do we think? I hate this move, I'll be honest with you. I just, I don't see where this is going to help them. They, I mean, it's. I feel like it's only going to take away from guys like DeAndre Ayton. And I, I mean, maybe he'll have a good connection with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but I don't know. I feel like the Suns are just going to stay put where they are. I mean, maybe that's what they want to just compete for the playoffs. I don't know. It's interesting because obviously, I mean, I'm not even thinking about the starting lineup because I think I think their starters are like very good. I think like with Chris Paul and D Book and uh, Aiden and then all those wings that they have with Dario Saric and Mikel Bridges and Cam, uh, Cam Johnson, all those guys. I think they have this like really nice nucleus, and obviously with Aiden, though, they like. You saw their potential, and I just think uh, Jalen Smith is kind of the odd man out a little bit. I don't know what this playing. Oh, okay, sorry. So, continuing my point, uh, I think coming off the bench, you look, you see, like, Baines as the backup center. Like, is he gone? In in that case, maybe it makes sense, but spending a top-10 pick on, like, a backup center, again, which I say a position that's super expendable, it doesn't make sense. Next, uh, going to the Spurs, we got Devin Vassell. I mean, I definitely, he's a great, talented player, but I it'll be interesting to see how he fits in the NBA with the Spurs lineup. That's a little bare bones at the moment, but maybe he'll give them the boost that they need to get back to the playoffs. And their streak's now over, but like keep that dynasty, so to say, going. I mean, there's no dynasty. Let's come on. There's no <laughs> dynasty. But, uh... I guess the thing is, we can look that Demar he picked up his option, and I would say Devin Vassell is. I would say this is actually a good situation for him because you know obviously he's like the three and D man of the draft, and him, uh, him around this like uh, core of um, young players with like Dejounte Murray, he can kind of just defend, do his job, shoot the three ball, unless his, like, form is all lack, like, in his social media post. And in his post game, too, he was like, uh, you know, my form hasn't changed. Or he didn't say that, but it was something like that. It was kind of funny. Uh, but, I don't know. He, I think he fits. I think he fits. I think uh, with one more year at DeMar DeRozan, it should be interesting. I think he'll get him some open looks rather than he won't actually take away shots from him. Um, next up, we have the Kings selecting Tyrese Halliburton. He fell probably further than a lot of teams thought, and again, he fell into the Kings' lap, but it'll be interesting to see how this works out with De'Aaron Fox, as he's, like, their main point guard, obviously, but will this cause him to leave, or will this cause them to get rid of Halliburton eventually? I, we don't know at this point. No, I mean, like, I, I think it's, I think they can fit well together, honestly. I mean, Halliburton can be a shooter with, you know, with his feet set. He's nice in the corner a little bit. And obviously Fox is like a rim runner. And I think really the odd man out is uh, is uh, Buddy Heald, you know, playing the two, even though he was coming off the bench for a lot of the time there. But really, I think 
can you even say that Halliburton fell a lot further than teams thought? Because, you know, these teams passed up on him. And I think he's a, a good player, point. but I mean, I think... I just feel like people fall for a reason. And if you're going to fall from, like, where people thought you were getting taken at 6 to, like, 12, I mean 13, or no, 12, then there can be a reason. And these draft analytics these days, they're they're crazy. So I'm they're what? crazy accurate. So it'll be definitely interesting. I said the draft uh, analytics are very, like, accurate these days. So it'll be interesting to see, like, exactly why these teams passed up on him, if it was good decision or bad decision, but we just don't know at this point. We'll see in December. Yeah, I mean, you know, these teams, they just have, like, they literally have, like, six months of uh, the COVID to study these guys more. And, like, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more research than, like, a casual NBA fan watching a YouTube video. You know, like, that you can say, like, this guy's better than this guy, but... Like, even, like, with the Patrick Williams pick, like, the Bulls had so long to fall in love with him. There's no way that they, like, just the day before the draft were like, I want to pick him, you know? There's tape on all these guys for a, lo- uh, for a lot of their careers. I mean, even the guys like James Wiseman who played two games, there's stuff. There's stuff on him, and you can find stuff. Moving on, number 13, Pelicans drafted Kyra Lewis. Um... I think this is going to be the Lonzo Ball replacement. Here we go, you know? Yeah, I mean, we. I think we're all hoping for those Lonzo Mello matchups next year. Those will definitely be exciting. With, and we'll see, like, how LeVar reacts, who's definitely a very entertaining figure. Seriously. But, I'm, I mean, I, I think this fits. Uh, and by fit, I mean fits with Zion, obviously, because no one else actually matters. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, I think Kyle Lewis is a good player. He can help them. And I think the Pelicans um, might sneak in. I don't really know. I I haven't really thought of it completely, but I I think the Pelicans could sneak in. It's a tough West, though. Yeah. Moving on, our Boston Celtics. They drafted Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. I'm I think it was a pretty good pick, but we'll see if he can keep shooting like he has in college with this team. But I don't think he'll be doing much else than shooting and planting and. Just foul shooting as well, but like, I I really don't know how this will impact the Celtics. It's really a wild card pick, in my opinion. I don't know. I'll go more into it later, obviously, with my Celtics rant. But I I think it, it's a good pick. I think it's a good pick. I think, uh, you know, no, I'll get into it later. I I'll let Drew's analysis be the main analysis for the Celtics pick. And uh, last but not least, let's let's talk about your magic a little bit. Cole Anthony. I, I think it was a decent pick. I'm not completely sold on it, but... He's only not sold on it because he likes Markel Fultz. Exactly. So I really wanted him to blossom more this season, but um, Cole Anthony, he definitely had an interesting career at UNC. He got injured. He came back and he lost some games to some lower ACC teams, including my Boston College basketball Eagles, but, I mean, we'll see how he is as a pro. He obviously has so much talent, and at the beginning of the year, he was expected to be, like, a top-five pick, but he obviously fell because of injury, but now that that injury's sort of gone away, it'll definitely be interesting to see how he fits with this Magic lineup. I mean, it'll be interesting to see also what they do with Evan Fournier and um, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic, but, I mean, it'll... Definitely, I think this Magic team will go to the playoffs again, but it's only a matter of time. So now we have a second segment. Uh, we both got our winners and losers of the draft. You know, it was kind of—I thought personally it was tough to find some losers, but uh, you know, we tried. We put three of each, and here we go. So for my first winner, I had the Timberwolves. As simple as it sounds, I think that they got great player in Anthony Edwards despite his little uh, hitches here and there posting on social media this uh, not defending shit I think they're uh, I think they have the fit there I think uh, it could be good if they put defenders around him I think I like they're going to score a lot of points and I think that's good they also got um, they got uh, Leandro Balmaro, and I think 
I think they just got their guy. They made the right choice. I didn't think they should trade out of the first pick because I don't think you're getting much better than that. And, yeah, that's that's that. They also got Jaden McDaniels, too. I think that's just like a solid draft all around. Uh, for my first winner, I had the Philadelphia 76ers, mainly because they got Tyrese Maxey, the star from Kentucky. I feel like that was a really good pick, and it's really going to uh, help their core with Ben Simmons at the moment, assuming he doesn't get traded, and Joel Embiid. And also getting rid of Al Horford and his hefty contract and also his aging body, I feel like that was also a win for them, which is yeah. he's he's a very tough player to get rid of, I feel like. Al Horford's like, he's literally a negative asset at this point, and it sucks because, you know, we love some Al Horford over here, but, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, my second winner, I, I had the New York Knicks because I think Obi Toppin, he fell into their lap. He's the hometown kid. He's a great player. He did a through-the-legs dunk at Dayton, and, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think this was, this is a great situation for him. I think the Knicks are like, this is like a. I think they went in the right direction with this and with RJ Barrett so far. I think these are two picks that you know you look back and you say to some picks that people make like, what did you see that you picked in that high? I think RJ Barrett and uh, and Obi Toppin, you can definitely see the upside, even if they like are trash in the end i think these are good picks that are good like in theory and they go in the right direction for them. it'll also be interesting to see with the hayward developments recently with all those rumors especially if he yeah. goes to the knicks i mean maybe there's still signing trade potential for the celtics but that doesn't make sense i think hayward is we'll talk about that later actually but uh moving on my second winner was the oklahoma city thunder um, I liked all their trades, which they got a lot of draft picks for the future, them and the Pelicans both. We all saw that graphic about on ESPN about how many picks they have upcoming in the next five years. And also, I really liked that they got the rights to Pukashevsky from Greece. I feel like he's really going to help their needs and really like start that team over from stra- from scratch entirely and get them back to the playoffs. Yeah, it's kind of like these guys that are just like... Uh... You know, they're getting these core raw guys that are just, like, they have super potential. And, you know, it's definitely a smart idea to get uh, a ton of picks for what people are saying is one of the better drafts next year where you're going to have Kate Cunningham and all those guys. Like, this could be a great draft next year. And if the Thunder have the number one pick plus a bunch of other first-round picks, that's, like, the rebuild just like that. Like, um, so my final winner is the Mavericks. And I know this doesn't jump off the page. This isn't the obvious pick. But going into my draft research, I don't watch that much college basketball. Let's, let's start off with saying that. I definitely research people. I'm definitely not a first-hand viewer. I'm more of a second-hand viewer, which is kind of, which is bad that I'm having all these strong opinions on people, but I've done a lot of research. So I, you know, videos here, uh, watching games, stuff like that. Mavericks, I love Josh Green. He's great. I think he, out of Arizona, is so good. I think he he drives the ball well. He's a straight shooter. I think he's really good. And I wish the Celtics would have got him. But we passed him up to get Aaron Neesmith, which, I mean, uh, what a good pick, bad pick. We'll see. Uh, and then, at 31, they also got who I wanted the Celtics to get with either 26 or 30, Tyrell Terry. I think Tyrell Terry should have climbed higher, and I think he is really good too. And I think he had a lot of has a lot of potential, and he grew a lot. And there were you know a lot of reports saying that people were getting high on him. Um, my final winner is the Magic. I really like. I know I said earlier I was hesitant, but I I'm starting to think that that Cole Anthony pick will really bolster their backcourt and also their front court with Vucevic, and I'm also really happy they didn't trade uh, Vucevic or Gordon on draft night, so that makes them, that's why they're one of my winners. 
Um, okay, so moving on the losers. My first loser was the Jazz. And I think Drew had that too. Yeah, that first. was one of my losers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to talk a little bit about it, I think it's a little puzzling with, like, you have Gobert there. Like, I mean, they don't really need him that much. And it's like... I don't know. It's just I feel like you should trade out of it if you don't have, like, a guy that you like in the first round ever. I think it's, it doesn't make sense. And I just, this pick wasn't great. I certainly agree. So my second loser, since the Jazz were my first, were the Phoenix Suns. I just didn't like that Jalen Smith pick. I really thought they should have traded down. and But it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens down in Phoenix. Like, will they make that? playing spot again or will they fall um yeah i mean i i agree with you to an extent i think i think jalen smith is good but i think everything's situation and i just don't see how he fits in there um my second loser was the Cavs because i think i don't know i don't know how good a coro is going to be i think he like there's mega holes that can are I, hold on not mega holes I should rephrase that by saying a big hole in shooting, which is very important. And I just, that worries me out of a top five pick. Uh, My final loser is the Chicago Bulls. I just, I feel like they could have traded down again for Patrick Williams. We mentioned this earlier, but I mean, a team that's struggling and trying to make the playoffs with every effort. I mean, I just, I really don't know how this is going to bolster them. Like he's a good player and all, but. They could have gotten better, or they could have traded down and got future picks, which might have been better for them because they are not that deep at all. Well, I mean, they couldn't trade down. That's the thing. They couldn't find anyone. So what do you want them to do, you know? That's a good point. Um, I mean, hey, do you want to respond to that point? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> He's hiding. <laughs> He's hiding. He knows. He doesn't want the smoke. He doesn't want the smoke. I guess we'll move on then. And uh, it's solidified from the Around the Block podcast that from Drew, let's say right here that Patrick Williams is not a good pick, and we'll we'll come back to this when he's goaded. Uh, moving on, I had the Pistons, but honestly, I've rethought that. I don't think that's that much of a loss. I think it's medium considering. I don't think uh, obviously it would be a loss because they got it over Halliburton. Uh, they got, uh, sorry, they got um, Killian Hayes over Halliburton. And, but I think Killian Hayes was their guy the whole time, and that's who they wanted. So I think they got their guy. So I think in their mind, they're not losers. But I don't think they're winners either. Definitely not. So we had some moves. We had some, some free agency news. We had some trade news. We, we had some news, definitely. It was an eventful offseason. The draft came quick. Everything was very short timing and these GMs they've been sitting on their hands for six months and now they got to make these moves let's start off we have Dennis Schroeder I really think this will help the Lakers but I mean how much farther can they go they just won the NBA championship you know but I I just don't really see this hurting them because Dennis Schroeder he's helped every team he's been on so far in my opinion but we'll we'll see yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I think it'll be good for them. I they Lakers, the Lakers clearly didn't give up that much. Who'd they give up? They gave up, um, they gave up Danny Green, and did they give up anyone else? Not that I know of, no. Okay, they gave up Danny Green in like, like a, a pick or something, I'm pretty sure. And then Danny Green went to Philly for Al Horford. Yeah, but uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, Dennis Schroeder, I think he can definitely help because it's that, like, ball handler that they need. You know, it's the ball handler that Rondo was for, like, every once every, like, three games, and then everyone was like, oh, playoff Rondo, oh, my God. But, <laughs> I mean, actually, I want Rondo to come to the Celtics, so, well, he is good. But uh, Dennis Schroeder, I, I think he'll be good for them i think a team that's hungry to repeat they're not being complacent they're looking to make deals um next up we have seth curry for josh richardson a deal that involved the mavericks and the 76ers um 
I feel like this will help Philly. It'll help their shooting, obviously. Seth Curry's a very good shooter, but Philly struggled with shooting in the past. That's why they got swept to the Celtics. But do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, we talked about how they had a had a great draft and a great, like, kind of couple, like, a great week of building their team. They obviously got uh, Daryl Morey in the front office, and now they have Doc Rivers. And, you know, that's kind of a good change, getting Elton Brand out of full control. And I think they did well. Seth Curry is a really good player. And uh, they got rid of Al Horford for Danny Green. And uh, I think that was good for them. And I think it was overall just uh, good for the 76ers. And Josh Richardson, he went to the Mavs. I think that can fit too. I think you have now this kind of like, defender a little bit like this nice point guard who can uh point guard shooting guard whatever you want to call him you have this uh good player all-around player who can uh, compliment luca he doesn't need the ball in his hands that much uh he can kind of just he's not that much of a creator he's kind of just helps everywhere defense playmaking yeah um we touched upon danny green for al horford but um Good move for Philly. They got rid of the money and Al Horford's old body, I guess. Um, and Danny Green, also, he's been a good shooter, although not in that finals game. But that was one exception. But they had to give up a, a first-round pick and a second-round pick and Al Horford to get Danny Green. Obviously, it's to get Al Horford off the books. But it's kind of funny because, you know, uh, Danny Green was awful in the playoffs. And... Obviously, he's like this meme and everything, but it's really just, I don't know, I think it's funny. I think a first-round pick is a lot for Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying, obviously, this was what Philly needed, but I don't know. I just, it feels unsettling, unsettling for me to say that a first-round pick was exchanged for Danny Green. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next, we have Drew Holiday going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um. I I feel like this is just going to get Giannis to stick around a little while longer, but it's only delaying his departure. For, it's a, only a matter of time, I feel like. I mean, we'll see. They have to win. They have to win. They went all in. And, you know, at first you look at this package, you say it's uh, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill and extreme draft compensation. And then you look and you see that these are, like, three, like, pick swaps, basically. And, uh... That's huge for the Pelicans. Obviously, the Pelicans were next to the Thunder in some of these graphics, showing their picks over the next years. And it was, uh, I, I think it was a good move for them. That they're going to get rid of Drew Holiday, and they're going to see that uh, they're really focusing on Zion, and they're letting him be the guy. Uh, I think this was a great return, and that uh, these picks, considering that if the Bucks are trash this year, and they, uh, and they, uh, are don't underperform. They underperform. Excuse me. Uh, and Giannis leaves. Those picks could be good. And then that's a home run hit for the Pelicans right there. Um, what are your thoughts on Harden and Westbrook? Um, desiring they want to leave Houston, according to a lot of rumors. And do you think they'll leave? And what team do you think they'll go to? I mean, I don't know. I think. Westbrook is like is a curious case. I think I think he's gonna end up going to like the Knicks or the Magic group. Well, maybe not the Magic now that they got like Cole Anthony yeah. and Mark Hill, but uh, I think he might go to like the Knicks, and that's kind of sad. I feel like that he want he doesn't want to try for that championship. I don't know, like with his contract, it's difficult to get him on a championship team, and it's just like the way like. I don't know how he wants to be by himself. Like, he said he wants to go and just take his shots. And I guess that's fine. But, like, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, the whole point of basketball is to try and win a championship. And he's basically saying he wants to go. He wants to get his triple-double. Harden, we have... I, I mean, you tell me what you think, Harden. I, I'm struggling to think. I don't know if he'll wind up on either Brooklyn or Philly, but... I think he's going to stick around in Houston a little while longer, even though the rumors have said otherwise. Like, well, Yeah, it looks like uh, they're saying they're in no rush to trade him. He might start the season on the Rockets. Yeah. And 
no one, the Rockets won't be bad. Russell Westbrook and James Harden got them, what, the four seed last year? So, like, or, they'll be a fine team. They'll be a solid team. But clearly, we've seen the peak of these Rockets team and teams, and they were an Achilles away from making that NBA Finals and probably winning. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the Clay injury? You know, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, what are you going to say? It's it's so unfortunate, and I just feel I feel bad for him. Like, it hurt everyone, really. It's like you uh, – you, we haven't seen him play since the NBA Finals in 2018 or 2019, whatever. That's a long time ago already, it feels. And he's going to miss a whole nother season. Like, we're getting ready to see them. You know, I I don't know. I, I said earlier how it could be a blessing in disguise for Wiseman, but I mean, you're not gonna hope for that. Like they would, they could compete for a championship this year, so that like hinders a lot. For sure. I mean, here. Uh, then also we have, of course, uh, Gordon Hayward opting out of his contract as of today, um, uh, November twentieth. He has not decided anything about where he wants to go but there have been some rumors about the Knicks maybe uh what what do you think about this peculiar uh, no not even peculiar what do we what do you think this interesting decision to opt out of the 34 million dollar contract I really hope Ainge can make a move here and get a sign and trade but it definitely lowers the chances of that for sure I mean like, the Celtics, they've definitely voiced interest in Miles Turner from Indiana, a possible swap there, or also a swap with the Knicks. But, I mean, who would you want in the Knicks for him? Yeah, who would you want in the Knicks? Like, and the thing is, is uh, for Hayward, obviously, the reason you would opt out is to set yourself up for the future. Because you could opt in now and the Celtics, but you're still going to be the fourth guy. You're not going to get the touches you want. You're not going to get as much on the open market a year from now. Of course, uh, the whole point would be to go to a situation where you can prove yourself a little bit and then maybe get another another contract where your value is up a little bit. But wouldn't it make sense to have like a sign and trade where you get this 34 mil and then you get traded to a good situation? Like I think he would thrive in, in uh, India, Indiana and he could show his value there next, uh, next uh, Sabonis and Stuff like that, even though we we don't know the fate of Victor Oladipo either. It is now time for the moment we've all been waiting for. The most exciting part of the podcast, Adam's Celtics rant. I am our probably master Celtics uh, correspondent on this podcast, Drew. He's he's definitely, he, he spent some of his time watching some BC stuff, let's be honest. They're not good. So let's take a in-depth look at our Celtics draft. We, we got Aaron Neesmith at 14. 26, we got Peyton Pritchard. 30, we traded that away for, actually, the trade just came in uh, as we were talking uh, probably about 20 minutes ago. And his canter goes to the Trailblazers. Uh, Mario Zonia goes to the Grizzlies. And the Celtics get a future first. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's first. A future pick from the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies got Desmond Bain at 30 in the Celtics position. And then at 47 in the second round, Celtics got Yamadar. Looking at this, uh, I can see that, first of all, we knew that the Celtics weren't going to be able to get all of their draft picks. We saw that they had three picks in the first round, and they couldn't sign all of them. They got uh, they got Aaron e. Smith at 14. They got Peyton Pritchard at 26. They traded 30, and then 47, they got a draft in stash. So they only signed two players. Makes sense. Understandable. Now, let's go more in depth of these picks. 14, Aaron e. Smith. he is a really good player. He's a flamethrower. He shot 52.2% from three. That's really good. Obviously, that's really good. Now, what I'm going to argue, it's not a knock on him. It's just a slight worry that this might not be amazing because Aaron Nismith is in this range because of his shooting. If he can't translate that to the NBA, then 
he's literally nothing. It's not like he can be like, oh, good defender for the Celtics. He is a shooter. And I would say the college mode of the college mode of Aaron Neesmith, if you can take half of him, if he shoots 37% from three on the Celtics, that's good. And, like, that's a worthy pick, I think. But it's just – there's some, I definitely think there's some risk because it's difficult to say he's going to shoot 52.2% from three when he shot, like, 33% the year before. That's not an exact number. I know 52.2 is an exact number. So – now, let's go more into depth who they could have drafted. The big thing is people say, oh, the Celtics need a big man. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I think the Celtics don't need a big man because the big man position is so expendable. We literally saw Daniel Tice, who had not played, he barely played rotational minutes before this year, be very solid in his role. And I think it's it's annoying unless you're getting from Yeka, it's annoying to say like oh we should have got in uh we should have got in precious achua or achua whatever it is we should have gotten uh other people at the center spot we should have traded for i mean i i don't know a miles turner trade is still on the board but uh it's not gonna it's probably not gonna involve aaron neesmith or the 14th pick i don't know actually it might i i don't know but the thing is, is that people who want a big man don't realize that in the end, this bench scoring that the Celtics are also in need in is probably a greater issue than the center spot. I thought Tice was fine in the playoffs. If we look at playoff performance, Tice was fine, but the bench was super lacking. Literally, we were like... We literally said that we won the game if Brad Wanamaker scored, like, like seven points. And that was pretty much the end of it. There was no way you could come back. So I think that it's difficult to argue that some like a flamethrower like Aaron Neesmith, who can just stand in the corner, isn't what we needed. And, again, it's what we needed of his college self. I am not guaranteeing that he's going to be a stud. The only way we're going to see is when he gets on the court. Now for the other thing. I saw some idiot on what's the word mass being like, call Anthony, call Anthony, call Anthony, call Anthony. Why would we need call Anthony? He literally, he's the main person on UNC, and they were garbage, first of all. And this isn't, I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying that that's Cole Anthony's fault, but the thing is, he's going to dribble for 20 seconds and then take a step back three. We don't need that here. That's why I like him on the Magic, because I think that he doesn't have to fall in line to so many people, and he can really thrive there. And I think he's a great player. Just on the Celtics, he's going to be Carson Edwards. He's going to be the equivalent to Carson Edwards, coming off the bench, being a bucket occasionally, but there's just not space for him to go and take pull-up twos like Carson Edwards, even though you could probably argue that Cole Anthony is better than Carson Edwards. Um, on Peyton Pritchard, personally, I would say I like the pick. He's a good player. He's clearly looks like a winner. I love Tyrell Terry, so it's kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, it's like these guys have watched uh, – Danny Ainge and these scouts have watched a lot more film than me. Probably. I hope so. And they probably looked around the area. They probably watched Tyrell Terry film. And they decided that Peyton Pritchard was the way to go. And if that's the case, I think sure. Brad Wanamaker, they declined his team option. So it looks like Peyton Pritchard could get some playing time. And coming off the bench, a guy like that who's just like a hard-nosed guy, a winner kind of, he's taking these deep threes in college, is definitely someone you probably want on your team. So now our final segment, we're going to predict all the games against the spread this weekend in the NFL. We obviously saw the Seattle Seahawks cover last night against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And that was a very intriguing matchup. So first on the board, we got the Falcons and the Saints. The Saints are the home team and the four and a half point favorite. Adam, who you got in this one? Give me Falcons. Give me Falcons. Can I tell you, there's the Falcons. They're going to get that lead real nice, real big. You would even say comfortable. And it's going to go down. Saints, Drew Brees. Actually, not Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Taysom Hill is going to dot them up. He's going to go bang, bang, bang. Run. QB run. Round here. 
jet sweep, wildcat, who knows? And it's gonna, the Saints are gonna win, but they're not gonna cover, because cause the Falcons are just like that. I'm also going with the Falcons here. Two words, Taysom Hill. Next, we got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the home team, Washington football team. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals here. What's the spread? What's the spread? I'm sorry. The spread, Washington's favored by one and a half. I'm going with the Bengals. I can't pick Washington favored against a team that's not in the NFC East. I really think Joe Burrow will have another sensational performance. And this Washington offense is just not going to get going with Alex Smith starting at quarterback. Adam, who you have? I think that's an easy pick. I think Joe Joe Burrow beat the Titans. I think Joe Burrow is nice. I think either him or it's obviously him or Herbert for rookie year. I called Herbert being good a while ago. Uh, I think I don't know. I I think uh, yeah. I, I definitely think Bengals. Next up, we got the Lions taking on the Panthers in Carolina, and the spread is one and a half. The Panthers are favored. I'm personally going with the Detroit Lions. Matt Stafford's flown under the radar this season. He's led some comebacks, and I I just don't think Ted, Teddy Bridgewater can lead the Panthers to a win here. You know, uh, I would say I'm going Panthers, and my reasoning is because I think, think Teddy Bridgewater... Uh, well, well, hold on, what's the spread? One and a half, Carolina. Oh, uh, no, I'm going with the Lions. I hate to agree with you because it's more fun when I don't. But, no, I think the Lions are a good team, can be a good team. I think they can be solid. Next up, we got the Patriots taking on the Texans. The Patriots are favored by two and a half. Give me Patriots. I'm also, I'm also going to go with the Patriots. Texans have fallen off the season. Really? Not impressed with them. Wow. That's crazy. So, for the listeners who don't know... Uh, Drew, he always picks against the Patriots. And, you know, I guess it must be a Tom Brady thing because, you know, he loves the Patriots now. Next up, we got the Eagles he against... He love the Patriots. I, 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 I'm joking. Eh, I'm just a pessimist against their spread, but not this week. Okay. Next up, we got the Eagles and the Browns. The Browns are favored by three and a half. Give me Cleveland on this one. Hammer. Hammer Cleveland. <laughs> hammer them anyone in the NFC I don't want them hammer Cleveland next up we got the 9-0 Steelers heading into Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars Steelers are favored by 11 hammer the Jaguars hammer them 11 that is way too big of a spread give me the Jaguars on the spread I'm not saying they're going to win the game but I think the Steelers, they haven't, they're not that good of an 8-0 team. They're clearly good. And I think they have a good chance to go far in the playoffs. Just, I don't know if they're 8, uh, or what are they, 9-0 material. 9-0. I'm going to have to agree with you. I hate to do this. But, but we all saw the Dallas game. Jacksonville's a little bit better than Dallas, in my opinion. Give me Jacksonville on this one. Next up. Might be the game of the week. We got the Titans heading into Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Ravens are favored by a touchdown. What do you think, Drew? Oh, boy. We all saw the Ravens get lost to the weather last night on Sunday night. But I I have to go with the Ravens in this one. It's it's tough, but I'm going to the Ravens. So say it again. The spread is what? Six and a half Ravens. Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, okay. I, I, for some reason, thought you said uh, Indianapolis, but that just happened, so I was like, no. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Titans. That's, there's no, the Ravens were so bad, and they have such internal problems that I, like, they might not even make the playoffs. What, I mean, why do you think the Ravens? I just, they're going to want to redeem themselves. I really like Harbaugh. He's a good coach, unlike his brother at Michigan, but... I I see Lamar having a bounce-back performance in a way, and I really think a player that's going to make a huge impact in this one, Mark Andrews. Okay, well, you know who I think? First of all, Mark Andrews, literally, he just, like, pumps his fist after every 
every catch. He, it's like the Super Bowl for him. Like, But second, I have an impact player, too. His name's Derrick Henry. And that man is a truck. And there's no like, there's no way the, the Ravens' defense couldn't stop the Patriots. Like, there's no way they're stopping Derrick Henry. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins heading into Denver to take on the Broncos. The Dolphins are favored by three and a half. I have to go the Dolphins. They are on a five-game winning streak, I believe. Tua's been great. The defense has been even better. I just, I really like this Dolphins team. I, they're really heading in the right direction with um, Brian Flores, and I think they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, give me Dolphins. I mean, unfortunately for the playoff hopes for the Patriots, but give me Dolphins. They're, uh, they're a good team. I, I don't know what else to say. They're just, they're solid. Tua's good. Ryan Flores has shown, you know, they, they trusted the process. Next, we got the Chargers taking on the Jets. Chargers favored by eight and a half. Give me Jet. No, I, I'm joking. I think, give me Chargers. Uh, I mean, Justin Herbert, I, I think he's gotten sold on, like, ten games. And, like, if he were, like, if he had won those games, he would be the sole rookie of the year easily. But, like, I don't know. There were a lot of those games, like, like against the Bucks. He got uh, sold a little bit, like, I don't know, his defense was kind of ass and all that. But, um, yeah, give me Chargers. Call me out on it. I'm going with the Jets. Interesting. We all, saw, we all saw Joe Flacco magical against the Patriots. Does he have another performance in him against Sid from Toy Story? I would say yes. Yeah, but the Patriots are trash. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, next, we got the... Dallas Cowboys against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are favored by nine. Hammer the Vikings! Hammer them. Hammer them. Give me the Vikings as well. Garrett Gilbert. Ugh. From Dude Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Green Bay, Indianapolis. Another great game. Indianapolis is favored by two and a half in really? at Indianapolis. Give me Green Bay as well. Impact player, AJ. No, I'm just kidding. Devontae oh, Adams, like usual. You know, AJ Dillon, of course, uh, second round pick out of BC. Drew, well, that's a fan. Uh, a player, fa- a person's favorite. I almost said fan favorite, but I guess you are a fan, so fan favorite of, for Drew. Next up, Kansas City against Las Vegas on the Sunday night game. Kansas City favored by a touchdown. I'm going with the Chiefs. Seven? Is it, what is it? Seven. On the dot? Yes. Okay, you go. I said the Chiefs. Give me, give me Raiders. Upset in Vegas. Not an upset, just a, a touchdown against a team that beat them last time. That's an interesting one. And on the Monday night game, we got the Los Angeles Rams taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going with the Buccaneers in this one. What did you say the spread was? Uh, three and a half. Buccaneers are favored. Um, mm, yeah, give me the Bucs. And we'll, we'll see how we did. And we'll tell you guys next week. Yeah, uh, so to close it out, uh, I, we'll have a little baseball talk. We have Robinson Cano's suspension. How do you think that, that'll affect? I just really think it's going to reignite that cheater debate, obviously. We have Alex Cora coming back to the Red Sox. I'm a huge fan of that deal. I know a lot of other people aren't, but I just, I really don't see, like, why he's bad for this team. Like, you want to be focused on the future, not on the past. Uh, we in Red Sox Nation, we are we are focused on the future. Trust me, other people are... Are, they're trying to they're trying to sabotage cheese in the words of Dion Waiters. They're trying to sabotage cheese, and we know what to do. We're we're getting Alex Cora, and we're gonna take it to the ship. Maybe not next year. Maybe not the year after. Maybe not the year after that. Who knows? But we're going to the ship. I just I really think this Red Sox team is gonna be really interesting this year. They have a new and improved rotation, so to say. They have Tanner Houck, Chris Sale will be back. Erod will most likely be back. I mean, hopefully Martin Perez is back. We love Martin Perez. I love Martin Perez. 
Um, and then the lineup, I mean, they just all struggled last year. We had JD struggling, Benny struggling, Vasquez second half struggled. Um, Chavis didn't really do anything. Peraza got traded, but he stunk. Pilar got traded, he stunk. Who else? Everyone, no one really played well. It is what it is. You know, even in an expanded playoffs, you couldn't even get in. It's pretty embarrassing. But, you know, there's some bright spots. You have Verdugo played well. You had, uh, you know, guys like that. Chavis is still developing. You have all that. Yes, for sure. And we um, can't forget about Rafi Big Scoops. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. It was a nice show. We covered the draft, covered some signings, covered uh, and covered some NFL and some baseball. You know, we got to love everything. Uh, and that's, that's about it. We'll see you on the block next time.